Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. As my friend and fellow podcaster Danielle Town says, you cast a vote every time you spend your money. You are essentially voting for companies, whether you realize it or not. When you invest your money, you are doing the exact same thing. But do you know who you're actually voting for? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? 
Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Yes, we've done a lot of episodes on this podcast about impact investing, but that's because I think it's really important to understand where your money is invested and who it is invested with. When I think back even five, 10 years ago, these weren't conversations that I was having. It was get your 401k, get your IRA, get your Roth, pick your mutual funds and pray that your money grows. But I really love that we're starting to have these conversations around thinking about where your money is invested and how does that then align with your own personal opinions, passions, goals, whatever it may be for you. We all have these different objectives. We're all passionate about different things, whether it's the environment or clean water, renewable energy, or maybe none of those things really matter to you. You're just more concerned about, hey, I just want to make money. So my question is, what does matter to you? There's a strong chance that you might be invested in funds that really undermine your beliefs. So on today's episode, I drove from my home over the beautiful, majestic Topanga Canyon along the beach in Santa Monica to meet with Ariana, a millennial herself from the company Swell, to dig deeper into the world of impact investing and why it actually does matter where your money is invested. So Ariana, I am excited to be with you today in the Swell offices. I'm so happy you're here, Shauna. Thank you for having me. I think it's cool when you're coming to talk to a tech company and to just like get in the door and get up the elevator <laughs> and just to meet you is like super high tech. <laughs> oh, I'm so thank you for coming all this way to the Swell offices. We're happy to have you here. And it's nice to be recording in person way better than over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it happens to be for, for those listening who have no geographical reference for where we are. We're actually in Santa Monica and it happens to be just like a glorious day with the sun out and you can see the ocean and all of that, I think definitely makes for a really cool like work environment. Oh, it's it's the best. We are very, very lucky here at Swell. We work in a beautiful space. We One of my favorite things is on Wednesdays, the farmer's market for Santa oh, Monica yes. is actually right outside our door. So we're totally spoiled here. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention there's this whole, um, for those who don't know, there's this whole area called the Third Street Promenade, which is just literally outside of your door. And it's all sorts of restaurants and shopping and very interesting people. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's it's problematic. It can be problematic for your wallet, actually. I kind of have to put my blinders on while I'm walking to work so I don't look past the store windows and get tempted. So yeah. But it is it is really convenient as well. Yeah, I would imagine that. Well, we're here talking about this concept of impact investing. And I've done a lot of episodes about impact investing, but I, I'm just really curious because you're a millennial yourself. And I kind of want to explore, like, why do you think this idea of impact investing is is exploding? Like, what is resonating with people? Impact investing is definitely having a moment right now. We actually at Swell here conducted a study last year that showed that the majority of people under 40 are either impact investors currently or they're curious about trying out impact investing in the future. So it's definitely kind of having this wave of interest that's much more so than we've seen in the past. And so I think that from the conversations that I've had with people in my experience here at Swell and uh, just kind of 
from my own experience, as you said, as a millennial, I think that this wave of impact investing is kind of the natural next step from the wave of conscious consumerism that we've seen over the last decade. So with brands like Tom's or Patagonia, or even with, like I just mentioned, the farmer's market or shopping local and supporting your local agriculture or artisans, um, I think that the mindset behind that is being intentional with where and how you're spending your money. And so kind of the logical next step to that is, okay, well, I'm considering where and how I'm spending my money, but what is my money that's just quote unquote sitting in my investment accounts doing? And, you know, the reality is it isn't just sitting there. And so (laughs) really like determining, well, what is it doing? And then being intentional with how you're investing as well. It's kind of like that next step to the conscious consumerism we've seen. I think that's really interesting because I I find that even like conversations with my parents and my grandparents aren't alive, but I could imagine them thinking like, this is like really weird. Like why are companies so concerned now with giving back? And this used to be something that maybe like you didn't hear about in this way. And certainly in investing, it was like, well, you just put your money with like usually some guy and it did something over 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, there was something there for you. But I think that it's really awesome and empowering that people are saying like, I actually want a choice in where my money goes, particularly investing. Definitely. I mean, so a great example is the recent plastic straws kind oh, of phenomenon. Yes. <laughs> so um, as as I'm sure all your listeners know, there's been this massive movement to stop u- the utilization of plastic straws. But then it's interesting because kind of that consumer demand has led to real corporate um, behavioral changes, right? Like mm, large yeah. companies, even like Starbucks, for instance, have committed to, you know, I've, I'm not exactly sure their timeline, but kind of uh, weeding out their use of plastic straws. And so it's really interesting how consumer behavior can drive corporate behavior and then consumers can go back and invest in those companies as well to kind of further that cycle. So yeah, it's definitely, I think that, I don't know, I think that because information is available to us in this day and age via the internet in a way that it wasn't before, perhaps that's kind of driving it, but it's it's definitely something that I'm I'm excited just to see more of. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I'm like, depending on what survey you find, I'm either a Gen Z. Gen Xer or I'm a millennial. So mm-hmm. it depends on where, what sort of numbers you're reading on that end. But mm-hmm. I would say that like the majority of my friends that are like late thirties or even early forties are maybe a little bit more like laissez faire, like not so passionate necessarily. And of course I'm using a generality here, but not so passionate as I see like somebody who's, you know, 20s or like someone who is like really connected. I think there's like a connectivity that that mm. I'm seeing with people and it actually it makes me excited because I think we're like getting reconnected with like this is our world. This is our, you know, our economy. This is our, you yeah. know, government, like all sorts of things like that. And I think that I mean, I don't know, you probably would know better, but I think like those things too are helping people or helping companies, I should say like Swell have sort of an uprising, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do think it goes back to that concept of, you know, things like social media, like you said, social media, it's bringing us closer to all facets of the life, even even things like politics. We've seen a huge um, engagement with 
right. a younger audience in politics yeah. than we've seen historically too. So I do think that technology and social platforms, for all the flack they get, I think that there <laughs> are benefits to kind of the light that they've shined into parts of life that we maybe weren't paying as much attention to. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think there's definitely pros and cons there, and that could be a whole right, other right. topic. But um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about um, the ways that we've been seeing it used for for the positive as well. Yeah. So walk me through a little bit about Swell and maybe how you're different or how you, how you guys view impact investing different than other companies might. Yeah, definitely. So Swell is an impact investing platform. So we offer people the option to invest alongside their values. And so we do that by offering six thematic portfolios. So these are um, portfolios that are focused on specific initiatives. Right. And we have four environmental initiatives and we have two initiatives that are more focused on kind of human humanity. Right. And so our fourth environmental portfolios are a renewable energy portfolio, a clean water portfolio, a zero waste portfolio that's focused on repurposing, recycling companies, and then a green technology portfolio. So and, like the the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some, kind of what you what you would think when you think of yeah. like big problems that we need to solve with the environment. We're trying to create portfolios around companies that are creating solutions for those um, kind of those areas. Um, and then we also have two others that are more humanity focused. We have a healthy living portfolio um, and that includes companies that are promoting kind of a healthier lifestyle. Fitbit's a great example of a holding okay, in that yeah. portfolio that your viewers might be familiar with, listeners. Um, and then uh, we also have a disease eradication portfolio that is focused on um, companies that are creating solutions to diseases around the world. So lots of biotech companies, for instance. Right, right. So how do you then go out and and find these companies? I would imagine there's a big process behind it. But, you know, uh, with, you know, impact investing, like our, I would imagine that you're vetting out these companies and like making sure that every aspect of these companies actually align with whatever portfolio sort of theme they're under, Right. That is such a great question. Yes. So we have a large he team here at Swell who's doing not only upfront analysis on these companies to kind of vet initially which companies get in, which companies get out, but that team is doing ongoing research on these companies to make sure that they not only had at one point adhered to our guidelines, right. but continue to over time. So we have a robust team here that's doing that. And I would say that the process is really looking at these companies from three lenses. They're looking first and foremost at what the company is doing and how it's making its money. And in doing that, we're kind of looking for companies, again, that have business models around creating solutions to these global challenges. And so that's the first kind of screen. The second one is we looked at look at how the company is conducting itself and so how is it treating its employees? How is it compensating its board of directors? And do they have diversity on the board? Things like that. Um, and so that's kind of the second lens is how the company's conducting its business. And then the third lens is controversy. So we're learning things all the time, you know, through <laughs> really um, great reporting and investigative journalism, for instance, um, things are coming out about certain companies. And so we're always screening for any controversies that might come up for holdings in our portfolio. Um and a great example is a couple of years back, Johnson & Johnson was in our healthy living portfolio. Uh, 
then the talcum powder scandal came out with that. And so uh, that got removed from our healthy living portfolio. So that's a good example of how we handle controversies. Right. Yes. Yeah. Controversies are like hard to hide from these days. <laughs> I know they are sadly, but it's, it's also, it's also, I don't know, it's an important next lens, you know? Yeah. It's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of feedback I get from listeners, particularly with, it's really interesting because I think, you know, millennials and, and, and younger really are driving apps and mobile technology and this whole fintech mo- movement, not to say that older generations aren't involved, but that's largely the, you know, the first generations, I would say, that are adopting these these uh, technologies. And yet, I still find with investing, when it comes to investing through an app or some sort of financial technology, there's a lot of millennials that are still a little bit nervous or I don't know if the word's nervous, but it's kind of that like, well, this is different than how I would traditionally invest in maybe my 401k or my IRA. And so because of that, like, I don't know how to think of this. So, you know, how do you talk to people who are in that place where they're like, well, you know, how much do I put in impact investing? And, and you know, am I going to go to get a good return? Like, what sort of education do you give on those like questions that a lot of people yeah, have. Yeah, definitely. So first of all, just for your listeners, I am not a financial advisor or yes. a financial planner, so I don't want any of this to be misconstrued as advice. But um, one way that I like to think about it is that, you know, it's kind of rule of thumb that diversification is always kind of a good thing to aim for when you're right. crafting yes. your investment portfolio. So if you are the type of person where you haven't actively sought out socially responsible options or impact options in your investment portfolio prior to this, then likely you you aren't probably invested in a socially responsible strategy, right? Like you're probably right, just kind of right. in a more traditional investing strategy. You might not even know what you're actually invested in, which is probably <laughs> one of the problems. <laughs> exactly. No, that's you. That's so, so common. I, I, there's, I, I forget, there was some study that said that some majority of people can't name the first holding in their 401k. Oh, so, I would bet my life yeah. on that one. Yes. <laughs> so definitely. So if, if you don't know, then likely you're in, you are probably invested in a more traditional investing strategy and not in socially responsible options. And so to get started, rather than, you know, frantically trying to get all of it out or, you know, I would just say that look at it this way. Just by getting started in impact investing, you're investing in something that's going to be different than what your current portfolio is in. And so try it, get started with it, start small and grow over time. And you're going to, if you can look at it as a way of diversifying your current portfolio, then that's a great starting point. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Like (laughs) particularly about, you know, I think that should be like the challenge of this episode. Like if you don't know your first portfolio holding, like that is the homework task for everybody listening is like, just go figure out what that is because it's important. I mean, it's where your money is going. And I think you know, so many of us are concerned about like putting our money in big banks and things like that, but we tend to forget about the investment dollars. And literally, we're like putting our money towards votes for these different companies. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like really important to just have an awareness about that. Definitely. It's so important. And the saddest part is that so many of these players don't make it easy for you. So (laughs) it actually, it might sound like an easy homework assignment, but it might be a little more complicated than it sounds on its surface. But it's still so important because it's the first step, you know, knowing what you own is the first step to taking control over that and being intentional with it. So I think that's a great homework assignment. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit about about yourself. I mean, you you are one of the sort of prominent women here at Swell, but you know, what what has it been like going to work for a company? 
company, you know, that's that's sort of on the cutting edge. Like, have you learned a lot about about your own money, or, or like, what has your journey been like? Oh my gosh, yes, definitely. So, for your listeners, my background is in technology, and so prior to Swell, I I started my career as a developer, and I moved into the product space product management, which means that I worked with developers and designers here at Swell to build the Swell app and the Swell website. And so, you know, my background is not in finance and (laughs) Swell is really my first kind of foray into equity investing. And so I've learned so much here as well is the short answer. Um, But I think that, you know, one of the growth opportunities that Swell's presented for me personally is kind of the idea that I've had to get, had to become okay with owning my ignorance. Oh, and yeah, I with, like that. Cause there are so many people, I mean, we're a financial technology company. So there's really two major components to that. There's the finance side and then there's the technology side. And you know, there's some of us who come from one side or the other. And so right. there are so many people here with such impressive backgrounds in finance and having a meeting with them and, you know, <laughs> wanting like being scared to raise my hand right. and be like, um, could you define that right. acronym <laughs> that I don't understand? You know, that can be scary. Yeah. And so I've definitely kind of had to learn to just own that and be and recognize that it's not my place to know everything and that I bring value outside of the financial side. And that's perfectly fine. And that's great. And the diversity in the room in the meeting is actually kind of going to result in a better outcome than having that room just be full of people with finance backgrounds. They can roll off a bunch of acronyms. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. 
what could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So on this episode of Money in Five, we're talking about sports. 
I love sports, like seriously, seriously love sports. In college, I thought I wanted to be the female sports reporter for like NBC until I learned that I had to take a class called kinesiology and you totally lost me there. Like I'm not a medical person. I don't want to learn about that. I don't want to dissect things. I was like, what in the world does this have to do with me uh, broadcasting about basketball games or football games? But I digress. But sports is this really big deal in my family. And I would much rather hang out on a Friday night and watch a college basketball or football game with a pizza than go out to a fancy meal. Like that is just my idea of fun. But I've never been a big soccer fan or football as they call it in Europe, or I guess really the rest of the world. But it's World Cup season. So that changes it a little bit for me. I think, you know, I'm not a big baseball fan, but Jeff is a huge baseball fan. So anytime the World Series is on, it's like, okay, I can do this. I can watch this. This is like people competing at the highest level. And there's certain euphoria or excitement about that. But I was watching a news story about a Norwegian soccer player named Ada Hergeberg. I'm probably mispronouncing your last name, but that's my best guess. <laughs> She's a seriously good footballer, like the best or one of the best female ever. But she opted out of the World Cup this year to protest and stand up for equal pay rights in her field, something that she really feels incredibly passionate about. Like you can even see in the story they did on her, her facial expressions and her mannerisms. Like this is something she's like, I am completely serious about this. And she said she's not playing until she sees some forward progress towards the support for women's programs. And she claims this really isn't just about money, but it's about respect and an opportunity for top-level women athletes to have the same recognition, opportunities, stature, whatever that word may be for, for female players. And I really started to think about this. I mean, of course, I am all for women standing up for equal pay. I don't know where you stand on that side of the fence, whether you're for it or against it. I don't know if anyone would really come out and say that they were against it. But I do know some people, not to name names, but I do know some people who are like, what's the big deal? Why do women even care about this? And I understand both sides of the argument. I mean, I really do. I try to be such a neutral person, but I don't know. It's really, it's interesting to me. I think it's such a risky move. And so many people have criticized her for doing this. She's at the highest level she can play, and she's saying, like, no, thank you. I'm going to take a hall pass, and I'm going to sit this one out. My question to you is, what would you do? Is there something that you are just so incredibly passionate about that you would actually risk forfeiting your career at its height just to make a point? What if they never changed the pay structure? Was this all in vain or... Are her efforts enough worth whatever the outcome is? Bringing more attention to equal pay. I mean, is she doing that? Is she doing that in a favorable way? Is it not in a favorable way? It's just some food for thought. And again, you're entitled to your own opinion, but I think it's really interesting. I don't know, honestly, if I'm going to be really, really honest with you, I don't know if I would have the guts 
to do this necessarily, especially if I was at the height of my career. I mean, I really hope I would. I hope that I would have the courage and I would have enough self-acceptance to know that my career, no matter what level I was at, is not worth my dignity or something that I feel really passionate about or really just that that this is sort of my mission in life, I would hope that I would be able to make a decision not about money, not about fame, not about any of that stuff, not, not about Instagram or anything, but just to be able to say, this is something I care about and I'm willing to risk everything. And I think that's a lot easier to do, in my opinion, and again, this is my opinion, when you're at a high level and you have some people listening to you. I think it's harder to do when you're doing that in your career and maybe you're feeling so alone and isolated. Like if, you, if you're the person that stands up for yourself, what happens if nobody actually leans in and hears you? So I think it's a really interesting conversation topic. So just a little food for thought for you today. That's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of like gems in there because I think <laughs> that, you know, I, I can remember myself like when I was rolling out of college, I actually was running a business, but I thought like I had to know everything. And it, like as the years went on, I went, you know, it's okay not to <laughs> know everything and to ask questions and to be curious because I think that's just like how you learn, particularly in a career. And I think a lot of women feel like mm. we can't ask a question. Like we're going to look really dumb if we mm -hmm. ask something that maybe we should have known. But I think it's having that freedom. And, and I think that speaks to like where you work too, like having that freedom where you can have that curiosity and not be looked down on is probably pretty important. Thankfully, Swell has created a culture where that is okay. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a work in progress, but the more of us who decide to be vulnerable, it just opens the door for other people to kind of raise their hand and say, you know, I don't know this either. And what does this mean? And the other kind of flip side of this is that we're building a platform that is meant for people who aren't, you know, finance whizzes, right? right? That's important. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, if, if, if we can, if the people who don't have a finance background can kind of like learn and understand that hopefully we can be the translators to our broader audience and kind of break it down and make it simple. And, and we're trying to create a product that's accessible to everybody. So, you know, people who have never invested in their life can come to Swell and not feel overwhelmed. And so I think that, I think it's all part of the process. And I think, again, I think the diversity in the room is, is really important. You definitely need the financial rigor that we have on the team <laughs> to create a financial right? product, but you also need the people who are going to translate that into terms that every person on the street can understand. I think that's a really important point you made about like creating an app that um, and a product that anybody, regardless of whether you have expertise in investing or not, like someplace that you can feel welcome. So like, are there certain elements that you can talk about maybe that like you've put in the in the app or in the product that, you know, helps people maybe feel more educated or feel like they actually might be able to know what they're doing? <laughs> So a big one I would say is just defining terms. Like right. there are so many terms in investing and in finance generally, it's like alphabet soup of acronyms and that can just be immediately off-putting and overwhelming. And so as much as possible, we try not to use the lingo. And if we do, then we try to do it in a way that's 
um, educational. So um, I'll give you an example. We ask about net worth during our sign-up process. We're actually legally obligated as an online financial advisor to gauge that while while people are signing up. And so, but that is something that I wouldn't say if you just walk up to somebody on the street and say, hey, do you know you're not worth? Like, people are probably like, what exactly is that? Like, I've heard of it, but you what know, am I'm I subtracting? Not. What am I adding? Right. Yeah. So um, we in the app kind of build in uh, like a definition and a way of thinking about it. Um, and it isn't like hard to get to. It's kind of just right on the page. Like it assumes, it assumes, it, it kind of defines it up front rather than forcing the user to like click on a definition that might make them feel like they should know what that means. Right. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So if if somebody was like interested in you know some of these different themes that they can invest in you know I, i'm just making up a number uh let's just pretend they you know are like okay i have a $1000 to invest um is it easy for them to figure out maybe like how to divide that up or is there any like education around you know, you, you come with this amount of money and like, how do you figure out, well, I'm passionate about a lot of these different mm-hmm. themes. Like, is there any sort of help or guidance to like help people? Cause that's a common question I get is like, how do I know? Totally. Such a great question. And it actually has, it came up in kind of speaking with our users so often that our financial team and portfolio team created a brand new product to answer that question (laughs) because we were finding so often that, yeah, people were like, wait, I really care about water and I also care about zero waste. Like, should I give like 55% here? Like it was just becoming too kind of overwhelming and it felt like you were splitting hairs. Yeah. It's like Vegas. Like I'm just going to (laughs) roll the dice and like whatever it lands, you know? Totally, totally. And so we, we kind of heard that consumer problem and what our uh, portfolio team did was we created a portfolio called the Impact 400. And it's a broad-based portfolio. It has f- around 400 securities inside of it. So it's by far our largest portfolio. Sure. And the kind of um, thesis behind it is that it swells take on the most impactful companies across all sectors of the stock market. Hmm. And so it hits on the United Nations put out this list of 17 goals for the world. And it's kind of like the world. <laughs> oh, that's t- interesting. <laughs> I know. It's it's super it's super fascinating. So, so United Nations, obviously, an authority. And so Swell decided to kind of look to them for uh, for guiding some of these impact decisions. And again, they put out these this list called the Sustainable Development Goals. And they're these 17 goals for the world. And it's kind of like the world's to-do list. Huh. Like if we did all of these things, we would we could kind of just like pack up and go home and live happily ever like, after. We, like, yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder why we don't do those things. And they're super lofty. I mean, like one of them is like end poverty. Right. You know, yeah, so. Right. so that that in itself is like a million different <laughs> data right. points. Yeah. So they're they're hugely lofty, but we kind of use them as anchor points to say, okay, well, if a company is creating a solution around solving one of these goals, however big or small of a dent, um, then it we we consider it to be an impactful company. And it of course still goes through those our typical screening process for, you know, revenue alignment and looking at the companies, um, how they, how they practice their business and any controversies that they're aligned with. But that's kind of our first look is we want to make sure that we have companies inside of the impact 400 portfolio that are addressing all 17 of the UN's sustainable development goals. Wow. I'm yeah. super curious now. I've not heard of this. So I am definitely <laughs> going to go home and have to do my homework on these. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's actually, 
um, beforehand, I was really invested across all of Swell's six thematic portfolios. But when we launched that portfolio, now I've incorporated it as the dominant portfolio in my personal investing portfolio. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So walk me through like some of the like particulars, like, you know, fees and like how much does someone have to start off with investing? Like kind of all of that little like nuanced stuff. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So we were aiming to be, Swell's mission is really to democratize impact investing and make Mm -hmm. it available to anyone and everyone. And so we made our minimum just $50 to get started investing. Right. And Ideally, we would have made no minimum, but um, <laughs> the reality is that as a swell investor, you're actually have you have direct ownership in the underlying companies, and so you own fractions of shares in all of the different ah, companies okay. in Swell's portfolios. So we needed, you know, you can only fractionalize down to pennies, right? And so um, we kind of calculated out, and the the minimum that we can do and still give you access to every single one of our portfolios is fifty dollars. And so with just fifty dollars, you can get started investing with Swell, and it'll cost you 0.75% a year. And that's an all-encompassing, all-in fee. Um, that includes our management fee. There's And there's no fund fees. There's no right. nothing else other than that 0.75%. Right. So less than 1%. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. I think on your website, I can't remember like <laughs> verbatim that it was something like a couple of cop- cups of coffee a month or some some like sort of something that you could relate to like, okay, yeah, I get that. Like Definitely. suddenly that number makes sense to me. Yeah, we have a fun little widget if you want to go in and try out if you know, you can input different numbers for what you'd like right. to invest and we'll spit back a number for you and we'll contextualize it as number of fancy coffees. I like that. <laughs> you know, put it in my language, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely mine, especially. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, you know, like a lot of people I've heard from who uh, will ask me like, well, you know, what's the difference between working with like a let's say like a portfolio manager or asset manager versus using something like a swell or a betterment or, you know, any of those like financial technology companies. And the the common question is, I don't have to pay for, you know, either this person or that person or, you know, and I, I think there's like this, this general, um, consensus that most people, A, don't know what fees they're paying. And I think there's also a consensus that people think if they're investing through their 401k or maybe their Roth, that they're not paying fees. I'm like, oh no, yes, you are. Everyone is paying something. The question is, what is the fee that you're paying? So I think sometimes people maybe get turned off when they see fees of, you know, Swell or different financial technology companies like on their website. I'm like, no, that's great because that is complete um, disclosure to you. You automatically know this is how much I'm paying. It's not something you have to go hide and seek and, and try to find, but everyone who's investing money is paying something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, there's so many, I mean, even with like certain ETFs and stuff, the, the fee will kind of show in the dip in performance. Right. And so swell recognized how just kind of murky the waters were (laughs) when it came to fees. Yeah. And that's just, it's completely against our mission. And so we kind of were looking at different fee structures in the beginning. We know we were considering a subscription versus an annual management fee. And we just settled on our annual management fee because um, it's clear, it's transparent. You'll never see a trading fee. You'll never see any other sneaky fee in your account statement. And and I think it just goes back to that concept of transparency. Um, and I think that it's it goes hand in hand with impact investing because mm, yeah. in the same way that you know to to do impact investing you have to know what you own like right it goes yeah, it goes back absolutely. to that and so in the same way in order I, I think it just 
kind of, it lends itself to the idea that, okay, well, if I'm learning about what I own, then I just also want to know really clearly all of those other facets of it. So, and fees are included. In yes. That. That's the whole piece <laughs> of the pie, right? Exactly. Yeah, it would be like going shopping and like picking out a bunch of stuff and you're like, well, I don't know how much it costs, but I'm just going to take it to the register. Like, you know, it's, it's an important piece of the puzzle. So it is. I know that you're not a financial professional. So I will definitely put the question that way. But the last question I just want to ask is, it's kind of a wrap up. If if somebody is thinking about investing and maybe they're still a little nervous to start investing, they know it's something they should do, or maybe they're just trying to like branch in a different direction. Like, do you have like a, a tip or a pearl of wisdom or like something maybe to, to make someone feel more comfortable about investing or like, you know, what sort of motivated you to start investing? Yeah, definitely. And all, you know, there's an argument that I could leave you with that's the touchy feely side of impact investing, right? Like good for you and good for the planet. And that is totally the case, but I will actually leave you as my conclude concluding argument with the, um, with a different argument for impact investing. And so that is this, there are certain challenges in the world that we can identify, right? So whether it's, um, issues related to climate change or accessibility to clean water or, you know, focusing on health, human health throughout the globe. These are challenges that we face as humanity on this planet. And I'm an optimist and I think <laughs> that we are going to solve those problems. And so when I'm looking at my investment op options, if I can identify companies that are creating solutions to those problems, then that's where I want to put my money because I think that those are going to be the winners. I don't want to invest my money in oil and gas companies because in 10 years and 20 years, I don't think it's going to make me a great financial return. So, but I do want to invest my money in that innovative battery company that's, you know, creating efficient energy housing solutions for solar panels, for instance. Um, I think that's going to be the company that's going to take off. So I, I don't think it, is it good for the planet? Absolutely. Is it good for your wallet? Potentially, definitely. Right. <laughs> and so I think that, but I think it's also just a smart investing decision when you go back to fundamentals. And so it's kind of a no brainer. I really think that everyone, if, if it's as easy to get started with impact investing as $50 online, give it a go. It'll diversify your current portfolio and it might be the right investing decision in the long run. So I'd say give it a try. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Last tip to leave us with. I love that. So tell people where they can go to connect with Swell and how they can get started. Absolutely. So you can check out Swell at www.swellinvesting.com. That's S-W-E-L-L investing.com. And you can also download our app on Apple's app store if you so choose. Thanks so much for checking out this episode and a big thanks to our sponsors that make this show possible. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. But before you leave, I want to empower you to embrace where you are today, the good and the not so good. And remember, nothing lasts forever. Just keep taking small steps every day and remember how awesome you truly are.